The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as a potential for discussions about other topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the person stating them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Ed. And if you've been following whiskey trends, you're witnessing an outburst of creativity in the whiskey industry as people start to play around with the traditional ideas of what it means to distill, barrel, and age whiskey. Sometimes it's done by messing around with mash bill combinations or using different grains entirely. Other times it's simply done by changing the position of barrels in the warehouse, using different materials in the warehouse itself. Lord knows I love to change positions. (laughs) Or not even using a warehouse at all and just fucking putting barrels on ships to sail the ocean for years at a time. But possibly the most interesting and tasty expressions are whiskeys that utilize different barreling techniques. And so tonight, we're going to highlight an extremely recent style, the double-barreled whiskey. Our buddy Gabe's back with us again. Hello. And Ed's going to get us started by introducing the two double-barreled whiskeys we chose. That's right. First of all, we're going to start off with Woodford's Double Oak. We've talked about the distillery, and then we're going to bring in the Challenger, the new whiskey by Bob Dylan, Heaven's Door. I called it Heaven's Gate earlier, but don't do that because that's the crazy people that killed themselves waiting for the alien spaceship. Yeah, that never came. That never came. They had nice Nikes, as I remember, though. Uh, God bless them. And they actually call it a double barrel whiskey. So we're going to talk about that second because it's also, it's kind of like spearheading a whole new trend of musicians, artists, entertainers bringing all types of alcoholic beverages to market. Yeah, there are a lot of them. So we're going to talk about the Woodford's Double Oak first. Yeah, that's what we have in our glasses. We have a, a little bit neat, and then we have a little bit on a globe. I've, re- I've had it. I've read a lot about it. It's delicious, but I've never really analyzed it and broke it down the way that we're going to do now. Yeah, so the process they use is they take their regular Woodford Reserve, which has been aged for an average of seven years, in barrels that were prepped with a 10-minute toast and then a 25-second char, after which they age it again for six to 12 months in new barrels that have been given a 40-minute toast and a five-second char. Now, if you're wondering as I did, what the difference is between charred and toasted. Charred is they basically burn it black, like the wood after a campfire. The wood sugars are caramelized, which imparts sweeter flavors like caramel and honey. But what this also does is it creates a layer of purifying charcoal, which acts as a filter, resulting in a smoother and mellower flavor overall. Toasted means you're just heating it more gently, creating a thinner burned layer of dark brown, and it gives the whiskey more vanilla notes and spicy notes. But it's sharper overall because of the absence of that charcoal layer. Some distillers do both in what's called pre-char toasting. So that is what Woodford has done here with both barrels, which I think makes it pretty unique. So what are you guys tasting? I taste everything that I love about Woodford, but yet it's it's different. Mm -hmm. To me, it's not quite as sweet. It's more mature. There's some heat coming off right off the bat. It's a little bit more alcohol forward than the traditional Woodford. It is. But that just adds to the complexity of the flavor, I think. I'm getting uh, some corn. Uh, there's some there's some smoke there. Uh, the nose I was getting when I first smelled it, sort of like a barbecue 
barbecued potato chip. Could I, it be that we have barbecued potato we, chips here? That could be, but <laughs> I was... Could, that may be me. There's, there's, You're smelling Ed. I don't know. I, I thought about that, but I think there's definitely somehow there's a potato-y nose coming off of it right off the bat with vanilla and caramel. Yeah, it, n- nothing is really jumping out at me. It's very strange. I'm going to take a sip of it on uh, the globe now to see if it's opened up a little more flavor. Yeah, let's do That's that. That's a good idea. Mm. Wow, it's a really oily, on-your-tongue type of uh, consistency. It is for 90.4 proof. It drinks like a 105 or 110. It's really strange to try to explain that it has some fire, but yet it's smooth and it doesn't burn too much. But yet, there's power there for 90 proof. It's spicy. Like, I taste a lot of spice in this. Yeah, the ice mellows it out, but there's still a a late burn that's coming out of it, even after uh, mellowing it for five minutes or so. Yeah, give the mash bill real quick. Is it the same as regular Woodford? um, It's 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malted barley. It is the same as the regular. You know, maybe the extended aging brings out more of the rye. I think it's the toasting and the charring, because that also brings out the wood spice, and I think that's what we're getting. It's not a rye spice. It's not a grain spice. Yeah, I I see what you mean. Yeah, the website for the taste, they have vanilla, dark caramel, hazelnut, apple, fruit, and spices. I'm not getting much of that. I mean, vanilla, dark caramel, and spices, yeah, I see, but apple and fruit, I don't really get that. There's there's no fruit coming out of this. I get no. spice, I mean, I get the caramel and the vanilla, but there's a lot of lingering heat, and it's it's kind of overshooting the taste. It's not bad, it's just not descriptive. It does taste a lot higher proof than a 90.4. It does, and I'm not really sure why. Yeah, I'm not either. Now that I'm reading uh, the aroma, it says sweet tobacco. I can definitely taste uh, some of that there. So that's what Whiskey Jug said, which we haven't uh, mentioned in a while because we felt like we were mentioning him too often. But he has some sweet tobacco on the aroma. And that might be what you were kind of smelling with barbecue potato chips. It could have been, you know yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm a cigar smoker on occasion. And yeah. I, the lingering taste of that is now feeling similar to what I'm getting with this whiskey. Yeah, so what his taste was, caramel, cinnamon, clove, corn, oak, pepper, leather, vanilla, and cherries. I kind of taste more what he's tasting there than what the website said. Like apples and fruit, no, but I can taste some clove in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Leather. Earthy. Absolutely. I have to agree. There's there's nothing sweet or fruity about it. It's definitely more, uh, you know, down in the dirt type taste. Yeah. At the very end, a little bit of cherry. He says fruity caramel, oak, and corn on the finish. The website says lingering hints of honeyed apple, again with the apple. I don't know what the fuck they're tasting. What the hell's a honeyed apple? This is, remember Woodford Reserve when we did our yeah, um, where are you origins. From? Yeah, when we did our origin stories, we did Woodford versus Knob Creek, and the guy from Woodford Reserve said there were like four, what is it, 400 compounds that you can possibly yeah. taste in it? And I was like, I taste like maybe four of them. But he also is kind of in the same philosophy of me that as you put some distilled water in, it is going to change. And I think Woodford's one of the ones that you really see the happening. I do like it a lot. I was some people in the bar last night. Some people were like criticizing Woodford because it's so popular. I'm like, listen, mm. you know, it's like the Metallica Black album. Just because people like it doesn't mean it's a sellout or a shitty. Like Woodford's popular because it's delicious. That's why it's popular. Yeah, I wanted to make a clarification because um, double barrel is sort of a catch-all phrase right now. Like people are using twin barrels and nobody really knows what to call this stuff. Because Scotch has been, of course, double barreling stuff for decades, but they use mostly used barrels in the second barrel, like sherry, rum, or port. And we've actually done two episodes. Gabe was here for episode 11 when we did the rum finished whiskeys. And in episode 16, we did port finished whiskeys. So those are also technically double barreled. But what we're talking about here is new barrels. So it's double new barreled whiskey that's aged in a new charred and or toasted oak barrel and then finished in another new charred and or toasted oak barrel. So I just wanted to make that distinction because it can be a little confusing. What are you looking at on your phone? <laughs> I'm trying to... I'm looking notes up. I can't figure out why I'm getting angry. Oh. 
Don't get angry. You want you want to stop and we're find the, your notes? I'll do it after we're done this. Sorry. <laughs> the phone got flipped over. Oh no. Now we're mad. Now the whole table's gonna get flipped over. Ed smash. <laughs> now it's a whole thing with Ed. <laughs> oh so the very first double barreled whiskey uh, was a limited release called Double Barrel Bourbon, created in Tennessee by Pritchard's Distillery in 2002. And the one we're drinking tonight, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked, is the first major release of a double oaked bourbon. But there have been several others, if you want to go through them right now. You want to sure, yeah, through? absolutely. Yeah. So this is one we actually highlighted in our Whiskalania short. Or low-lighted. Low-lighted. The Jim Beam Double Oaked Bourbon. Still better than regular Jim Beam. Um, they use the same barrels. That's like saying Gabe is thinner than me. <laughs> but but he is. I'm confused. Right. And Jim Beam Double Oat is uh, better than Jim Beam. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. But just a little bit. Right. I got you. The uh, first and second barrels are both charred to the same uh, level in both. So they're basically just using the same barrels that they used to age the Jim Beam in the first place, and they're using another one. Why do you think they use the same char level for both barrels? Do you think that would be just kind of redundant? Well, the whole thing is like a lot of the process happens quickly. You put it in there and you get that initial rawness of the char and the newness of the barrel. And then so when you put it into a brand new one, you get like a brand new thing in. Yeah, you're basically getting that whole first six months of quick taste profile coming into it. Like so again, the liquid coming out of the first barrel is not the liquid that was going in. And you're getting a different flavor going in and out of the second barrel. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Knob Creek Twice Barreled Rye, which I really want to have because I love their regular rye. So their twice barreled has got to be. Twice is good, right? Absolutely. Um, then there's Michter's US 1 Toasted Barrel Bourbon. If How you can you pronounce that? it. It's <laughs> Michter's. Michter's. Go ahead, Ed. You can say it. Mick. Oh, really? Mick, now you're just being difficult. No, I can't pee with you guys watching. <laughs> That's what it's like. Michter's. You Mick. got it. Michter's. That is correct. So Michter's US-1 Toasted Barrel Bourbon, their first barrel is normally charred, and their second barrel is just toasted. So uh, that's probably pretty nice. Sagamore Spirit Double Oak Rye, which we had at our tasting that we went to, uh, episode We looked three. for that, and until Gabe decided to bring Heaven's Door, we were going to scour the countryside to see if we could find it. Right. Wasn't the Even Sagamore Spirit was... I bought that. You bought that once, yeah. You yes. had it. Yeah, we tasted it at your house. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It's really it's good. It's delicious. It good. We, it's yeah. hard to find, though, but Gabe made a good point. You know, he took us in the direction of Heaven's Door. Yeah. Which I want to call Heaven's Gate so bad. Every single time Every I single have to time. correct myself. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be wrong, wouldn't you? <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, my God. An early Dylan. An early Dylan. All right. That was terrible. So Sagamore, just like Michter's, has the normal char on the first barrel and then toasted only on the second barrel. Um, Two more. Jefferson Reserve has a Twin Oak custom barrel bourbon. This I is, had not heard of that. Yeah, this is interesting. So the first barrel is normally charred. The second barrel is grooved on the inside to increase the surface area, then toasted, and then charred. I did hear this. Yeah, that the surface of the grooved is supposed to bring out more flavors. Yeah, because it has more contact yeah, with you're getting more contact of the, the wood with the whiskey, and, and you're bringing out more of the tannins and the flavors of the char imparted into the finished product. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to find that, but I'm sure if it's available, it's probably, probably extra, you know, extraordinarily probably costly. $90. Yeah, I think it's like $9 and a kick in the nutsack. <laughs> and the last one uh, that I could find uh, was Old Forester 1910 Old Fine Bourbon. And they were very specific about their charring. So the first barrel is charred for 22 seconds. And the second barrel that they put it in is charred for 55 seconds. Right. So at this point, I think we should segue. Gabe's on a little bit of a time constraint. He has to, you know, he's flying out to fight for Forest fires in the rainforest of Amazon. Someone's uh, got to do it in Brazil. Yeah, he's gonna like. He's very heroic. No, I'm I'm kidding. I mean, no, I, I do a, a tougher battle. I am a, 
a father of two, of two girls. Yeah. He has the <laughs> toughest job in the world. He's a father. <clears throat> Thank you for the props. Yeah. Is it Father's Day? One day it is. <laughs> Give him a tie right now to your drawer and we'll call it a day. So Gabe has to take care of some family duties in about 30 minutes. So we're going to segue into the other whiskey. Yeah, I can't wait to try it. We're going to stop for like 10 seconds where I can find my notes and we can redo the glasses with Heaven's Door (laughs) from Bob Dylan and tell you who helps to make it. And we're going to find out how good it is. Okay, so we poured some Heaven's Door double barrel whiskey, and we're going to taste it. Okay. The proof is 10 up, right? It's 100 100 proof. proof, yep. Holy crap, that's smooth, though. It's good. I'm, I'm getting For some... 100? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Compare this to Knob Creek in your mind. It's a smooth 100. Oh, my God. It's a smooth, I'm freaking a straight right now. It's smooth 100. I taste a lot of oak. I'm tasting some mm. orange peel, mm. some citrus, but it's a low... It's not low. It's a medium level heat. It's lingering heat, but it's nice and warm. <laughs> We're laughing at my fucking washer. God <laughs> damn it! The washing machine's making noise, so he shuts it off. So the fucking thing is telling him he shut, shut it off. Shut I'm it. shut off. Oh. I'm off. This actually has something to do with the podcast too, because I lay down towels <laughs> underneath all of our equipment and where our hands are, so we're not banging the table. It's sort of a sound suppression thing. But I washed the towels, but I left them in there for a couple of days and they started to stink. So I had to rewash them and I'm rewashing them tonight. And the washer is making zero noise the entire time until we go to press record. And then it starts fucking shaking like the goddamn earthquake. I remember me. Now that we just started recording you, again. You have laundry in me. It goes beep, 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 boop. Fuck you, you fucking well, fuck. Is, I saw Scott's fucking like ear and neck tighten up and that's what made me laugh because I I knew he could hear it too. So, I'm so fucking angry. Still on. Hi. Don't forget later on when you're drunk, you have to fold us. Oh my god, I'll fold you. No, oh, the, the towels I just throw on the fucking floor, bitches. So Heaven's Door is a creation from Ooh. Bob Dylan, and interesting, a kind of like a bourbon finance guy who made a name for himself with Angel Envy, not the distiller Scott, because the distiller was um, Lincoln Henderson. Right, he's the one that kind of created the brands with yeah. his son, I think. Yeah. But the one that kind of brought the money to the table, from what I could understand, who was a, a probably the majority owner, actually. I the, see. At the end of the day, yeah, was a guy named Mark Bushola. Mm. So Mark Bushola, he actually sold Angel Envy to Bacardi for 150 million dollars in 2015. Which doesn't really seem like a lot, actually, but I guess it doesn't. I guess although they only have like two. Right, they have two, two or three products, expressions. So. Yeah. And so he raises $35 million and partners up with Bob Dylan to go with the Heaven Door spirit. So, you know, Heaven's Door enters what Forbes referred to as a hurricane of a whiskey market. Dylan's just the latest of many celebrities entering the fray with alcohol. Like George Clooney brought in Casamigos Tequila, which he eventually sold to Diageo for a billion dollars. Yeah, I just okay, heard what that. What the hell is that? He just falls into I money. mean, I've never had a sip. I don't I don't know if I've ever even seen Casamigos Tequila around. I have. I've, I've had it. It's a, it's actually really good. Well, sure, it better be good for a billion dollars. Everything's yeah. like a billion dollars now. Like you start something and you get a billion dollars for it. I heard, though, part of the billion dollar deal was that his name still stays on it right. so that people buy it for the sure, remaining right, right. Yeah. So And then Jay-Z came out with like, what, our Magnac? Our, our Mag- I feel bad because I should know what it is. 
it's like uh, a cognac. I'm yeah, maybe it's like our maniac. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how anyway, to say it either. <laughs> so right now, Heaven's Door is very affordable. It says here double barrels forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Gabe got it for like forty four. So yeah, that's a good price. Uh, the rye is eighty. Most of the time, in the U.S. rye whiskey is produced by the mega distillery that we've talked about, Midwest Rain Products, MGP, and then sold to other brands including Bullet and George Dickel. However. The fact that they age it in a French oak cask does put a unique twist on the whiskey. Right. So basically, we're going to have to follow because there's more to come from Heaven's Door Distilleries. They have like a bootleg series that's coming out that's going to be in ceramic bottles. It's going to feature a 25-year whiskey and Dylan's oil and watercolor paintings. Presently, the bottle for Heaven's Door features... Like ironworks or yeah, something. Yeah, like he does artistic ironwork as a hobby. I mean, it must be great to be like a, like a multi-millionaire. Right. Yeah, he, I, he finds like uh, used farm machinery and industrial uh, I like to find used farm machinery. And, and, and I guess he... Weld it together. Yeah, he welded, welds it together as a gate, and he apparently he's got like fencing around his estate. Here, look, the, I made a dildo out of a carburetor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sound like this, I got a blowtorch out. I made some artwork. You would yeah, like I put, to see. I, I put the blow blowtorch. I'm so bored of <laughs> weld mis- whistle, weld metal together. Drink a little whiskey and I drink it all together. Come on now, looking girl. Let's get drunk and we'll give a little whirl. Whiskey. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah. Hater. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was it. Well, I mean, well, let's talk about a little bit about what makes this a double barrel whiskey. Did it mention that in the article that you were uh, paraphrasing? It did. I'm glad you found that because the only thing I could find was from the website itself. And it said it was comprised of a unique combination of three different whiskeys. Our double barreling finishing process utilizes hand toasted new American oak barrels for secondary aging worthy of another year's weight. Double barrels higher proof balances perfectly with the complexity of its flavor and notes of caramel, oak, citrus, and spice. I think it's important that we point out, like Scott just said, it's comprised of a unique blend of three different whiskeys, which we just spoke about with High West Distillery in Utah being a very common trend. Jefferson mm-hmm. uh, Distilleries does it. Of course, Blood Oath is one that we featured on a quick taste. So this meritage of whiskey now, this Zinfandel mentality of whiskey is the new trend, and I love it. Yeah, it's a crazy hybrid because it's a blend, and it's double-barreled, and it's from a musician. Like It's hitting all kind of notes of creativity that I mentioned in the introduction. Absolutely. And you know, the guy who starts Angel Envy along with Lincoln Henderson, you know, he knows what he's doing in, as far as coming up with a niche craft spirit. I'm going to taste it again. I haven't tasted it for a minute. Hold on. Let me get another refresher. Let's all taste it again. Yes. The proof of this it is 100, as we said. The proof of the Woodford at 90 tasted more alcoholic than this one does. This tastes smoother to me. But yet, not a lot smoother, but it's smoother. Now, the only criticism I have, from what I can tell right now, is it's not that it has no finish, but it has an ending finish. You're right. It's a very, very spectacular forward mm-hmm. beginning. It hits your mouth with an entrance. It announces itself like, I am here. Yeah. And then it doesn't drop off a cliff like i felt russell's reserve did but it definitely trails out. it fades faster than the wood compared to bookers that we just quick tasted oh, well bookers last i know for but three i'm days. just making a point <laughs> or the infinity bottle that we did and jefferson's very rare and willett's family mm, rye and even the high did. west double rye finished yeah longer than this the whiskey jug yes. agrees with you okay. his finish says medium with dried corn vanilla caramel oak and fresh biscuits but all of that is traditional 
bourbon notes. Well, not fresh biscuits. The two uh, reviewers I've read said also said a doughy finish, a biscuit really? finish. Then Interesting. I'm going to see if you I don't. Can... You don't see that very much in reviews no. of, of bourbons. I'm, I'm going to try to taste that. I taste the vanilla. I taste the. I taste the corn and the caramel. Yeah, and it's all a that very stuff. traditional bourbon presentation. Actually, yeah. I think honestly, it's delicious. It's very oak forward, and I said that in the beginning. And Whiskey Jug also agrees with me. Right. His first taste profile yes. is oak, which I think a lot of double oaks are going to do that. And they and if they you, are. And don't be surprised by that. They're no. trying to obtain that. Right. That you don't really see can, in Can I ask a question, though? Yeah. Sure. I've seen this a no. bunch. Of, uh, okay, I'll No, your place game. Am I done? Okay. Can I finish? <laughs> can I finish? I, I've seen... Whiskey Sherpa. <laughs> Shamp the Sherpa here. <laughs> I, I've seen... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Real quick, Dave. Just yeah. so you know, 12 Sherpas died this week in an avalanche on Mount Everest, and all the Sherpas have gone on strike now. So there's worse things than being a whiskey Sherpa. You actually have to carry one bottle up maybe four flights of steps and only if the elevator's out. So, <laughs> I mean, and there's and no avalanches. Wasn't. So it's not a bad job being a whiskey Sherpa. The real Sherpas in the world have a, a fucked up job. And here's the best part. The government of Nepal is coaxing them back to work for tourism reasons because they make so much money off the assholes that want to climb and leave frozen shit on the top of Mount Everest. <laughs> And dead bodies of their friends that couldn't make it. It's a sick, twisted little self-indulging group that go. And I mean, Sir Edmund Hillary, who first went in the 50s and did it, was pretty remarkable. Now it's like a trendy thing for a bunch of yuppie fucking assholes. And they're dragging these poor fucking Sherpas up with them to carry all their shit. Can I ask one question? And then an avalanche, wait, I'm almost done. Then an avalanche kills 12 of them. In the worst avalanche in fucking history. And the government's like, ah, oh, come on, come on. Take the yuppie fuckers up to the top of the mountain. Oh, my God. For no fucking reason, because it's already been done a thousand fucking times. Hi, I'm Kip. I want to climb a mountain. Where are the Sherpas? Where are they? <laughs> no. No, no. Where? No. Where are they? <laughs> I paid $20,000 to get to Nepal. And I want to know where my Sherpas Listen. are. Why is no one answering Seriously, me? one minute. Sir, can I see a manager? We have nine minutes real quick. Can I see a manager? Listen, seriously, fuck you if you want to climb Mount Everest. You're a fucking asshole. But, but I just when, wanted to share. Because you're bringing a bunch of motherfuckers up there who are only doing it because their government's making them and they don't have any money. By the way, I hope you get hit by a fucking piece of ice and dro- knocked off the fucking mountain. How I, about that? I climbed the hill in my backyard. <laughs> You can climb the hill in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, All the right, funny so. thing is, I heard when you're climbing Everest, there's like so many people waiting at the base camp. It's like you're sitting there at a deli with like, I have number 27. Yeah. I'd like a half pound of ham, please. And the summit. Yeah. There was a child who was about 11, climbed the highest mountain on every continent. That's pretty impressive for an 11-year-old. Yeah, yeah. But by the way, shitty parents because he could have died at any time. <laughs> at any time. The, they were probably, the parents were probably with yeah, Also, talking yeah. feats of strength, the first uh, sub-two-hour marathon was run recently. Yeah, yes, I saw that. But, 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 not to cast shade. Oh, boy. But but it was kind of like geared to be on the flattest course, and they had oh. um, a lot. They had twenty five pace runners that would run with them to push them, and they had a truck with a laser line to show him where he had to be. To break oh, so the he record. was trying to beat yes, the record. He I actually see. tried to break the record, and he did. I believe the time was average on a four point three three minute mile. Yeah, 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 no, no, it's still amazing. I'm just saying that the conditions weren't in a traditional marathon, so people are hating on him because the problem with the twenty six mile race is that you get kind of lost in your own thoughts. Like, where am I? How fast am I going? Like Scott and I watched a video of a guy that put himself in isolation for three days. Mm. And it was in a white room with totally desensitation. There's no stimuli. There's nothing in there. And he quickly fell a day behind. He thought he'd been there a day longer than he was. So in a 26-mile race, you're not going to know where you are. 
All those factors are irrelevant. Did he break it? Yes. The fact is, how many other people in that same condition could have broke it? Well, well they can do it. We'll see because that's going to happen yeah. next. Why are is it Kenyans, right? Why are Kenyans so good at running? They um, traditionally train without any shoes, and they had just have a culture that runs long distances. I love not wearing shoes. I should be Kenyan. Way to bring it to a standstill. <laughs> well, there, was Crickets. No, there was no response to that. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Uh, well, honestly. You're a large white man. I'm going to tell you right black now. Man. Well, I didn't say I was a marathoner. That's not going to happen. But, um, <laughs> though, I will say when I was in Amsterdam, I walked a half marathon. Did I you? Walked 20, All over Amsterdam. In one day, I walked 2,700 steps, and it was something like 15.6 miles. And how many buildings did you destroy? <laughs> I was like, it was like Godzilla in, in Amsterdam. <laughs> it's smash. No, listen, if you can get to Amsterdam. Amsterdam. How did we get on Amsterdam? How did that happen? Because that was the most I've ever walked in one day. All right. So we, we talked about uh, Sherpas and Mount Everest, and then the guy who broke the two-hour marathon from Kenya, and then we went to Amsterdam. We've been all over the world with this podcast. And you know what we haven't had enough of? Whiskey? We used to oh. laugh about it. Well, yeah, you would say I would never make my whiskey. <laughs> now I drink my whiskey every day. So what did we not mention about Heaven's Door yet? Well, it's better than a gimmick. It's another testament to MGP just absolutely bringing the product. I mean, they are just stepping up, whether it's Angel MB Rye, whether it's Bullet Rye, whether it's Redemption. Sagamore is another one. They give some to High West as well. In this case, it's Heaven's Door. Good products. They don't care. They don't apologize. And everything that I've had that they have their fingers in has been spectacular. And I thank them for their effort because we have done nothing but enjoy their product. Scott? Absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, so, this this is a good product. I mean, sometimes you hear these celebrities attach their name to a brand just to bring you know relevance to it. And I don't think this is the case. I think this is a high quality product and showing that they have like four different variations on it and they're bringing out more later. This is something that they'd be looking forward to. Like Matthew McConaughey, who put out Under the Wild Turkey Lake. Yeah, that was a long branch. He basically was a spokesperson and then went into the whole distillery process and got into it and wanted his own whiskey. And so he's not so when it just rubber stamped it. So who else celebrity-wise are in the whiskey market? Yeah, so Willie Nelson. What a great choice. When he puts the bong down, he actually <laughs> wants a glass of whiskey with it. His uh, whiskey is called Old Whiskey River Bourbon. It's an 86-proof, six-year-old small batch from Heaven Hill. I would try that. Yeah, I'd try too. Um, uh, the Pogues have an Irish whiskey named after them. It's a single malt from West Cork. I've seen the Pogues whiskey. And I'm, I'm tempted to try it, knowing that I've, I've listened to the music, and they are a typical Irish uh, yeah. band. And most of their songs is about drinking and debauchery. And, right. You know, right. Uh, they are Irish, and their whiskey right. is Irish. Let's get through yeah. this. Shane McGowan is a, a Gabe, big time... This, Gabe, uh, your daughter's of, your uh, door is taking an Uber home. Look, let's get through this. <laughs> a stranger's putting her in her car right now. Let's get over All this. All right, let's just a few more. Um, Darius Rucker, Hootie from Hootie really and the I really want to drink with you. Wish I had some whiskey. He has his own. And I drink it with you. He has his own line. I even like to drink it with your mom, too. Didn't you just say I have to go? Right. <laughs> He's got his own line of blended whiskeys from Castle and Key Distillery called Backstage Southern. He's got a rye, something called Cinna Pepper, and Peach Mint. What the fuck is that? Well, I will tell you real quick, because <laughs> we're on time constraints right now, but I met Darius Rucker and Hootie the Blowfish. They were in the booth next to me at a Phillies game in Philadelphia. My booth had Jack Daniels. I was drinking it. They didn't have any hard liquor, this beer and wine. Privileged. 
through the glass. They were waving at me, come over, and they were pointing, bring your Jack Daniels. So I went next door with them, and I partied with them all night. Really? And Blowfish. And when they announced them. <laughs> I didn't know this. When they announced them using at, you. at Vet Stadium, they announced them, and they were waving. I was waving with them. There was five of us. It was Hootie the Blowfish and me. Waving. Ed and the Blowfish. Ed and the Blowfish. <laughs> and, and they drank my whole bottle of Jack Daniels, but I didn't care. It was in the booth with me. It came with me when I, when I got the tickets. They were a lot of fun to hang out with. I mean, I don't rock their music too much, but right, you know, that's cool. That's yeah. a cool story. Uh, Anthrax has two whiskeys. Uh, one is called Indians Bourbon, named after one of their songs from Jefferson's Reserve Distillery, and a hand-selected version of Knob Creek Single Barrel. Jefferson's Ooh. Reserve. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Motorhead also has two. Motorhead whiskey. If you want to party, you want to drink with me, just line <laughs> up and do a shot. And you like, yeah. From the Swedish distillery Macmira. And Macmira. A s- Side note, uh, Motorhead is up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. <laughs> I believe they should get in there. They've Motorhead their... is? Yes. Get out. Yeah, no. I... Oh, I'm going to in a minute. Yes. Why is my voice so high? <laughs> and who, and who, who's next, Scott? Um, well, a Motorhead also has a specially selected version of Jack Daniels single barrel. Wow, I can't wait that. Slipknot has a number nine Iowa whiskey. It's a high rye bourbon. High rye bourbon. Pour it in my eyes. Cedar Ridge <laughs> Distillery. <laughs> Holy shit. And then, and then the last one is uh, Metallica has a whiskey called Wah! Blackened America whiskey. Blackened, blackened, blackened in the air, death of Mother Earth, blackened in reverse. Something of this will work. Blackened, blackened. A blend of straight American whiskeys finished in black brandy casks, during which it was sonically enhanced by a unique playlist of Metallica songs curated by the band for each batch and overseen by the late Whistle Pig master distiller, Dave Pickerel. Right, so they, they would put the reverb through the bottles to help with the distillation process. Are you taking that? You should pour me one more of that right here. Just pour me a shot in that right Gabe, there. Gabe is leaving. Gabe, Gabe has just, to leave. Gabe got to leave. He's got to pick up his daughter. We're going to keep going and we're going to just do the end notes. Hopefully next time I'll have more time to hang out, but this has been a blast. Thank you. I can't wait to see this one. Thanks, Gabe. Gabe, we missed you already. You got everything? Yeah, take you, some cookies. You better not take the cookie home with your fucking. Oh, we'll fight about the cookies. We're gonna fight about the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> See you, man. Gabe has left the building. So we have, um, we still have the the Heaven's Door, and I have to note that I'm really impressed by it being a hundred proof, forty three dollars, which is a very reasonable price for double oak compared to the fifty three dollars that we paid for the Woodford Reserve double oak. Though yeah. you can't find that more expensive. I feel like Scott got a great price. He found it today. Yeah, it's it's that at my liquor store, but I did not get the discount for my alcoholics card. Why? Um, well, it they only have certain ones at certain times uh. that are discounted uh, it's, it's just the, the, and this one just not didn't happen to be i mean 53 like you said 53 you've right, seen it, it for 60 was low. i've yeah. seen it for 59 and i had no idea what the heaven's door was going to be I, no i didn't either it's gabe a, surprised and, and it's a beautiful bottle just so you know they're very well done and, and a lot of people haven't had them so if you're going to a party by all means bring the heaven's door you're not going to be disappointed it's a very nice expression any of them from what i understand but we tried the uh the double barrel exactly so uh, i was thinking that the thing that makes this particular one bob dylan you might go bob Dylan making whiskey, whatever. But as Ed said, they have three different expressions right now, and they're expanding into other products. So right. it's not a one-off. Right. 
we have not been able to find out the exact blend or the mash bill, right? Yeah, and there's no mash bill. There's they, no mash bill They're not it. saying, because they have three whiskeys, and if they give you the mash bill and somebody discovers what the whiskeys they source them from are, then somebody else could just recreate that. But if they don't tell you the mash bill, then you don't know what proportions those three whiskeys right. are in. And I mean, I just took another sip of it. I think it's heavy rye. I mean, I would agree with the heavy rye, and we don't know the exact process they used for the double barreling, the charring, and the toasting. It tastes very spicy to me. If you were going to rank this one to what would you put? I would give it a high seven, uh, seven, six. Where would the double oak be? Well, it's funny with the double oak in our mind when we had it before, we really enjoyed it. But tasting it again, I don't think I enjoyed it as much. Yeah, I don't know why that was. It had a bit of a harsher flavor than I don't I know why. I, and I agree with you. Yeah. It's not as sweet as the Woodford. It's not, and it's, bourbon. and I guess it's really not supposed to be that sweet. I guess not. There's nothing wrong with it. It's no. spectacular, actually, in a lot yeah. of ways. No, I, I probably would rank it lower than the regular Woodford expression. I think maybe our tastes have changed a little bit since we had it the well, first time. I think it's kind of what you're used to also. I've drank gallons of Woodford Reserve, and I'm used to the way it tastes. Right. You're very used to that taste. Profile. I am. And to see Woodford Reserve in a double-oaked context, it's different. It's not as sweet. It's more peppery. It's good. You're going to like it if you like the complex flavors of a rye. Yeah, it's the same spirit. It's Woodford right. Reserve, just oaked again. Mm. Yeah. So there you have it. There you have it. We can't really talk much more about it. <laughs> There's not much I mean, else. Yeah. It's a little bit better than I would say the Heaven's Gate. I, I Heaven's would say Gate, so. I did it again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Heaven's Door. Oh my God. Heaven's Gate was this terrible cult that killed themselves and I just can't get it out of my mind today. Oh, I'm f- God damn it. All right. Heaven's Door for $43. I mean, Jesus, buy it. You can't go wrong with it. It's a yeah, lot of fun. I mean, if you're a fan of Bob Dylan and whiskey and you're curious about it, it's fine. You're not going to be like upset. It's delicious. Can, and it's a cool bottle. So it's you can keep the cool bottle, bottle, make a candle out of it or whatever the fuck yeah, you're doing. Yeah, right. Or just drink the whiskey and throw the bottle at your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, that dick who lives next door to you. You know who you are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening. We want to thank Gabe, who is actually not here. Our whiskey Sherpa. <laughs> Our whiskey Sherpa, who did not die in an avalanche on Mount Everest. Because he has a better job than them. That's right. Bringing whiskey to us. That's right. All right. Later. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to check out our next episode, which is way better than this one. Oh, yeah. Also, follow and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash whiskey tangent. And follow us on Twitter at whiskey tangent. You can follow me personally at that whiskey guy. And follow Scott at giant cup of awesome, spelled A-W-S-U-M, just to be annoying. Hey! You can email us any questions, comments, or love at whiskeytangent at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us always at our podcast website, whiskeytangent.podbean.com.